This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Recording this on Tuesday, January 25th, uh, this is The Next Pillar, your AEW podcast. Uh, my name is Blake. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at BlakeOnWax for any information you might need about the show and uh, ways you can donate uh, to what we do here. Uh, thanks so much for joining me for another week uh, here on the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. Uh, today we'll be talking about the latest goings on in AEW as usual. Uh, I have some thoughts on tonight's um uh, beach break uh, coming live from uh, Cleveland, Ohio, which I'm not going to be another guy that makes fun of them uh, for doing a show called Beach Break in, in Cleveland. Uh, I mean, it is funny. I'm sure they are just doing the best they can, um, which, gee, isn't that the attitude of uh, this podcast more often than not? Or at least I would. that's the attitude I would like to have anyway. Uh, so yeah, again, uh, if you've just tuned in, uh, this is uh, The Next Pillar on AEW. My name is Blake. You can find me and uh, various information about the show on Twitter at Blake on Wax. And I will be back with some thoughts about Dynamite tonight, this evening, uh, in a minute. do you guys want to talk about? I'm reminded from that last match about a man who once sat on a stage just like this. That looked in a ring. Just like this. And he gave one of the most important addresses in the history of our sport, it inspired thousands of would-be wrestlers, it mobilized literally millions of fans, it was the first hint of a revolution. I am talking about CM Punk and the Pike Bomb. Someone told me to save this promo but I honestly don't know if I'm gonna get the chance so I'm gonna do it now. In that interview, that was the first whiff of a revolution. He laid out a road map. He listed things. Things that for him for somebody like me were taboo at the time things like going to New Japan Pro Wrestling working with Ring of Honor. 
and ultimately, he would talk about teaming with the Young Bucks. As destiny would have it, as fate would have it, he was unable to do those things. He would eventually wind up here in what Pro Wrestling Illustrated called the comeback of the year. But if we're being honest with one another and I see all the CM Punk shirts, it is the comeback of the decade we are all living it we are all loving it. But in his absence, in the void that CM Punk left behind, somebody did to each and every one of those things. I did them. I carried every ounce of anti-monopoly sentiment on my shoulders. I held every grade of the revolution in my hand and each and every one of you cheer. Applause. You want to ask why I won't turn heel? It's because you cheered me when I needed it the most. When it says there is more than one royal family in wrestling, I am talking about me and all of us. People talk about the forbidden door. It's a proper noun. It's vernacular. But if you are an industry journalist who covers what we do and you disagree with anything that I say here tonight, you're not a journalist. You are not a journalist. You are not a journalist. As this generation likes to say, check the receipts, check the dates before there was a forbidden door. I was the one who built it. And I am gone. For two weeks. Two weeks. And I see that the Young Bucks last week in the opening segment almost started the Wednesday Night Wars all over again. And listen. I know Red Dragon graduated hip toss class with flying colors but I don't need to see the Bucks beat developmental more than once. And then my friend, Ricky Starks, my real-life friend, gets into a tiff with Jay Lethal. Word to the wise. The lethal injection is the one cutter in the business that people don't kick out of. Avoid. 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 And then one of the most talented wrestlers on the planet that you're gonna see later. Malachi Black. A guy who hung two losses on my name and everybody knows I hate to lose. A man who needed no help added insult to injury by getting help in the form of just this size and speed and strength and I know we're not in the business of renaming people. Like Gunnar McGillibuddy or whatever the hell it is. But. Not just speed and strength. Balls. Because if you come to AEW and you call yourself Brody. You've got balls. And I'll let you find out in 8 years what a mistake that was when that kid shows up. But speaking of Brody, speaking of Darby, of Miro, and of the TNT champion, Sammy Govara, these are men a lineage a legacy of champions who taught you what you had been taught against what everyone had been conditioned for 20 years that any title that doesn't have the word world in it is a secondary belt. But we don't have secondary belts. The only way it's secondary is because right now there's two. I think it's pretty clear. What we do. I know Tony Khan has sent a contract in the mail. To Sammy and myself. Maybe it's not the contract I wanted, but Sammy at this point. Beach break. Two titles. One champion. What do you say? There can be only one TNT champion. But. Will it be the American Nightmare? Cody. Rhodes. Or Sammy Guevara?
So I uh, do have some thoughts on Dynamite here, but before we get to that, I wanted to tell you folks about HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. HelloFresh lets you skip those trips to the grocery store, which personally I can't stand going to the grocery store these days, and makes home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. You can save time and stress. The recipes are easy to follow and quick to make, with steps and pictures to guide you along the way, uh, and more extras than ever before. HelloFresh's selection of delicious add-ons is getting bigger and better every week, featuring quick breakfasts and lunch, proteins, savory sides, and crave-worthy desserts. Uh, speaking personally, uh, I'm have become somewhat of a home cook. Uh, it's a definite interest of mine, and uh, uh, something that I do like to put a lot of my creativity to, and you might be thinking to yourself, oh, well, that's probably someone that wouldn't be interested in a HelloFresh kit. Uh, for me personally, uh, it's just fine uh, to, you know, to get these meals shipped straight to the door. Some nights, I don't feel like putting food together. And other nights, uh, you know, I can just take out the, it's kind of like a set of Legos where you can just take out the ingredients of one thing, take them with another thing, and make something new altogether. Uh, which does remind me of my time as a Starbucks barista. I don't know if anyone else worked at Starbucks, but how you could do like the Frankenstein breakfast sandwiches where you take like the guts out of a sausage, egg and cheese sandwich and put it on a croissant and maybe like put bacon on top of it. Um, I actually really miss eating those uh, work meals at Starbucks just because uh, the cost of actually like buying five breakfast sandwiches and have them put all the insides in it for you uh it would be crazy um so uh i do actually really miss those meals so if anyone listening in the portland area works at a starbucks i would love to make like especially if they still have that grilled cheese sandwich that you could put out the ham from the other sandwich on that it was like a makeshift uh monte cristo um isn't that what that sandwich is monte cristo i always get that confused with um i always get confused between um a Monte Cristo sandwich, and um, a croque monsieur or a croque madame. I just, I get confused with all those things. But regardless, HelloFresh, great choice uh, for anyone out there looking for a meal kit. Uh, so tonight, we have Dynamite coming live from uh, Cleveland, Ohio. Some matches for that announced and built for already. Uh, including, you know, I am feeling just a little bit uh, foolish uh, just for, you know, saying like, you know, on some past episodes of the show, you know, that there really wouldn't be anything that could get me excited uh, for one more Cody Rhodes and Sammy Guevara match. Uh, and of course, you know, I, uh, for some reason, wasn't even thinking about the various gimmick matches they can do. And uh, obviously, uh, that ladder match is uh, going to be great and probably do a nice rating too, I imagine. Uh, even though, you know, as I did mention on the next show, it's pretty obvious that Cody Rhodes is just going to stick right where he is. Uh, also on the show, uh, Chris Jericho with Santana and Ortiz against Daniel Garcia and 2.0. Uh, hoping uh, just that this feud finally gets uh, blown off. <laughs> um, and I, you may be saying to yourself, well, Blake, it's been like two weeks, but I'm kind of already uh, ready to see uh, Chris Jericho move on to something else. And my hope, uh, is that this may be the beginning of 
them giving a little bit more uh, to Santana and Ortiz to work with in terms of uh, being on the show. Um, and again, you know, I'm not trying to, uh, you know, kind of parrot what other podcasts or what other people on Twitter have been saying. It does seem to be a common sentiment among folks uh, that Santana and Ortiz are on that list of AW talent that we all wish that they did a little bit more with. Um, if you're listening out there, uh, should I make a list like that? Would you like to hear that? Like, uh, on one episode, kind of like five or 10, uh, wrestlers that I think are underutilized, underused. Uh, if that sounds like something that would interest you, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Blake on wax and let me know. Um, something else that I wanted to mention, uh, not to do too many plugs, uh, but this podcast does have a, uh, coffee account. Um, if you'd want to hit us up there. Uh, that would be great. It is coffee, so that's K-O dot F-I, uh, K-O dash F-I dot com <laughs> slash the next pillar A-W. And so that's where you can find, uh, if you've never been on coffee, uh, it's a pretty nice site because uh, I can start, it, it, it kind of functions more as a tip jar as opposed to, uh, you know, a Patreon with kind of locked content. Um, and for me, that's kind of what I want to do right now. Um, I'm planning on doing a lot more, uh, different kinds of audio on the show. Uh, you heard some music earlier in the show and, you know, music at the top and music and transitions. Uh, that's something I'll be continuing to do here just because, uh, I think both of us probably get a little tired of listening to me talk after a while. So I think the variety is good. I would also love to start doing some interviews. That's something that's going to take some time. Um, but I am kind of planning the first steps of that. And so uh, I am looking forward to doing that and just having some other voices here on this show uh, for you all. Continuing uh, to, talk, to talk about uh, AW uh, Dynamite tonight. I'm pretty excited for the Orange Cassidy Adam Cole Lights Out match. Again, this is another feud uh, that's been going on for a while. It seems with that official announcement that Adam Cole is the number one ranked wrestler, it seems like uh, he'll likely be winning this match here and moving on uh, to a feud with Hangman Page, uh, which I honestly could not be more excited about. I think that's just going to be great uh, to see, you know, traditional face champion Adam Page going against Adam Cole and his big crew. Um, and I think, I imagine that that feud will also kind of jumpstart that whole angle with um, the Young Bucks and Red Dragon as well. Kind of all these people in Cole's orbit uh, reacting just as he kind of makes this title push. Um, really excited for those matches. Really excited for those angles. And, uh, you know, I forget, I forget where I heard this, um, but there is that idea just that uh, AW has held off for quite a while um, it, when it comes to booking their most popular stars against uh, their most popular stars. Um, there's so many, uh, you know, really powerful, you know, almost even dream matches that they just kind of have sitting there. Um, CM Punk and Adam Cole, I mean, that's just off the top of my head, a uh, match I would love to see. Um, and to have that kind of embarrassment of riches, again, you know, just really speaks to just how much talent there is in this company. Uh, so if that lights out match tonight, I'm pretty excited to see it. You know, I think uh, I think it's going to be a good match and probably like the perfect way to blow off 
that feud with Orange Cassidy and uh, get Adam Cole on his way to that title match with Hangman Page, which is kind of what I anticipate for Revolution. Also on the card, Red Velvet versus Legit Layla Hirsch. I'm a huge Layla Hirsch fan. Um, love her in the ring. I uh, really like her attitude. Uh, on a past episode, you know, I mentioned she maybe wasn't the best when it comes to being on the mic, and I, I still believe that, of course. Uh, but she is just wonderful in the ring. So I'm looking forward to see, uh, you know, her working with, uh, you know, someone else that's decent in the ring in Red Velvet. Should be a nice match. Um, and so those are actually all four of the matches that have been announced uh, for Dynamite, uh, beyond the fact that, you know, we'll get our usual uh, weekly CM Punk first time wearing pants in Cleveland or something like that. He did tease the long boys, so I assume that he'll be wearing the pants. Uh, so yeah, first time CM Punk wears pants in Cleveland, Ohio. First time CM Punk goes to the beach in Cleveland, Ohio. I'm sure we'll get some kind of nice graphic uh, like that. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's all we have, uh, at least announced right now, uh, for AEW uh, Dynamite tonight. Um, and I will be with you uh, to talk about Rampage and uh, also tell you what the dark match of the week is in just a moment. This week's dark match of the week. Uh, no surprises. It's Penta El Zeromero versus Wheeler Yuta. I just finished this match about an hour ago, and what a pleasant surprise uh, just to see a match of this quality uh, just on dark. And no, I don't. I'm not out there reading dark spoilers. Come on. And I got two kids in a podcast, man. But anyway, uh, really could not recommend this match enough uh really some amazing spots and uh you know i was as upset as anyone uh you know to have the lucha bros go off my tv for a while uh but to have a nice little solo run here from pento would be great and uh you know even without ray phoenix still super over with the crowd and always nice to see you know what a capable opponent in wheeler yuda uh so yeah this week it's a no-brainer pentel zaramaro versus wheeler yuda on youtube now Go check it out. Let me tell you guys a story. Well, it's not really a story. It's an anecdote. Actually, I'm not even really sure it qualifies as an anecdote, uh, but bear with me. So for years, we're talking years, uh, really since the song was first released, I have uh, fundamentally misunderstood uh, the lyrics of Nelly Furtado's I Am Like a Bird. And uh, this is something that my wife uh, confronted me about uh, for the first time several weeks ago. And uh, it it took me some time to believe her and, uh, you know, finally do that internet search that deep down inside... I knew would reveal that I was in fact wrong. Uh, so you may be wondering, uh, what did I get wrong about I Am Like a Bird uh, by Nelly Furtado? Uh, it is that for years, I have thought that in addition to saying, or singing rather, I don't know where my home is, I thought that in addition to that, she at some point in the song uh, also repeatedly sang, 
I don't know where my phone is. Which, uh, you may be saying to yourself, Blake, that song came out way before personal cell phones were a thing. What are you thinking? And I don't really have an answer to that. Uh, and so, of course, uh, since that song came out, uh, I have a little bit that I like to do where if I can't find my phone, I'll walk around the house being like, oh, I'm Nelly Furtado. I don't know where my phone is. And it turns out that I was wrong. And it's not the first time I've been wrong. And a recent time, besides this whole Nelly Furtado issue, um, that I've been very wrong uh, was about Rampage. Uh, when I got on the air last week being like, ah, I don't really know if I want to review Rampage. There hasn't really been any good wrestling on Rampage, you know, outside of maybe one match uh, for a long time. And lo and behold, what happens? Uh, there was a fantastic episode of Rampage, for the most part, um, highlighted for me uh, by the entering return of John Moxley. I it's hard to think of a better first opponent for John Moxley than Ethan Page. Uh, you know, the spot that was one of my favorites that I actually saw Ethan Page tweet out uh, was just when he did that shoulder block. <laughs> with somehow such a velocity that uh, John Mockley kind of flew outside the ring. And you don't see that too often, so I really did enjoy that. Uh, but yeah, what a great episode of Rampage, honestly. Um, again, just that John Moxley-Ethan Page match, uh, I really did just miss John Moxley in the ring so much. Uh, so to have him back was just wonderful. Um, Really unfortunate it, just that we didn't get that full tag match uh, and just got that Trent Beretta-Nick Jackson match uh, instead. Uh, but it was a really nice match. And it's always interesting when you see a tag team wrestler uh, have a solo uh, match and really impress in that way. It did seem like it was he was kind of taking some time to get going. But, um, you know, after he kind of got used to having a singles match again, I it, yeah, it was, was a great match. Um one thing I did want to mention um, is just uh, I really don't understand uh, why they continue to uh, book Jade Cargill in these 10-minute matches. Uh, that's And I know other folks have been saying this too, uh, which does kind of bring me to a point. And that's uh, that when it comes to something like wrestling, uh we're all going to have at some point, at one point or another, you're going to have a similar take uh, to someone else. Uh, and that's not just for wrestling, of course. That's uh, opinions in any number of things. Uh, and so I, I did hear some folks, uh, you know, kind of saying like, uh, you know, almost that this podcast is kind of reacting to other, is a reaction podcast on based on other AEW podcasts. Um whether or not you think that is up to you, uh, but at least from where I sit, uh, it's wrestling. There's only <laughs> going to be a finite amount of takes here. And, uh, you know, from, from where I sit, you know, recording this every week on Tuesday, kind of inevitably, by the time I actually get around to talking about, you know, Rampage and last week's Dynamite, uh, the takes will have already been up for almost a week. And so, uh, you know, I probably will start doing like, oh, you know, I heard on this show or I heard, you know, from this person specifically inside a source 
just because I do want this show to be kind of a part of that general AEW conversation, but I also don't want to assume that I am uh, plagiarizing anyone or aping anyone uh, or doing anything else that makes nerds angry because uh, I don't want nerds to be angry at me because I'm one of you. And I know I wouldn't like you if you were angry. Uh but regardless, uh, yeah, I did think that was a nice addition of Rampage, but uh, these Jade Cargill matches, um, they really need to, and it's such a delicate balance when you have a talent that, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, their their look uh, is ready, you know, for a big push, uh, but maybe the in-ring presence isn't there. It's a very delicate balancing act uh, to both protect that wrestler um, and not overexpose them, but then also, uh, you know, have a show that has some variety in it. And so that the audience, you know, isn't thinking to themselves as Jade is walking out, uh, you know, well, you know, I better, <laughs> you know, this is only going to be a minute or so. So, you know, what else do they have going on? I understand that they need to vary things uh, just in that way. And it is difficult. But one thing I will say is just being so close in proximity, you know, at least in my mind, to that pretty lengthy and plotting uh, match with Ruby Soho uh, from a couple weeks ago. I really just don't think it's the best use of her. And while I know that you do need to have the longer matches every now and then, uh, I do think that she has a real presence in the ring and is obviously like listening to the right people. And I'm sure one of these days she, you know, she will become better in the ring. But until that occurs, I really do think that, uh, yeah, they should just vary that a little bit more. And of course, I did have a couple of you reach out and say, you know, Blake, how can you not review Rampage when it's Hook's show? And that is a, it's a fair point. It's a, definitely a fair point. Uh, and I haven't weighed in on Hook yet. I'm kind of waiting until they kind of do a little bit more with him. Um, but honestly, the thing that I like the most about Hook is just his, like, complete lack of engagement with the audience. Um and the camera, honestly, but especially the audience. And I think that um, that could be uh, part of, like, an interesting wrinkle uh, to his character is just, you know, it's so rare to uh, have a face and such an overface that has such limited interaction with the fans. Uh, so I, I just really enjoy it. And uh, obviously, I think, yeah, just that idea of Rampage, you know, kind of always being Hook's show uh, it really couldn't be more brilliant. I know they tried to do that at first with CM Punk, uh, kind of before, you know, sliding him over to Dynamite. So it kind of seems like, you know, Tony had this idea in his mind of, you know, let, let's get an exciting a wrestler that excites the fans and kind of, like, have him camp out on Rampage. It's a great idea. And uh, I, I think Hook was the perfect person to put to pick for that role. Um, and, yeah, I'm just – I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm excited to see him – uh, you know, that match with Serpentico, uh, you know, was fun. I thought um, uh, the way it ended was uh, pretty brutal and actually kind of made me feel bad uh, for for uh, Serpentico just because I have seen quite a few pretty good matches of his. Uh, but obviously, you know, you can't argue with uh, the result of that. I will say, though, I'm not particularly interested in uh, having in seeing him wrestle QT Marshall. Uh, you know, that's not really <laughs> what I'm talking about, you know, that I'm kind of looking forward to them doing a little bit more with Hook. Uh, that's really not what I had in mind. Uh, but as we've seen so often in this company, 
uh, it's worth waiting for uh, to see just what they end up doing. I know at some point they'll kind of have some like newer angles for Hook, and I'm looking forward to that. Uh, so yeah, you know, just to wrap things up, just a really nice edition of Rampage this week. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy slab packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and, and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like You know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun. And sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever. But if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs. And it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network.
This week's words of wisdom are for one, Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho, I uh, I just have to tell you, you're one of my all-time favorites. Uh, first time I remember watching live your WWF at the time debut. I also have a pretty special Chris Jericho memory that I'll share, which is, uh, you know, those of you who were alive to remember, uh, you know, New Year's Eve 99 slash 2000, you know, our parents were worried about the Y2K situation. Uh, you know, it was a very specific moment in time. Uh, just the late 90s were were a strange time. And that, you know, the the attitude era, you know, that's so, so definitive of, of that, like, late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, it's like you can picture, you, you know, the new metal, uh, you know, posters on the wall. Uh, you know, your wrestling posters on the wall. You know, maybe you got a little picture of Trish Stratus on your wall. And who's on your wall with everyone else? Y2J, Chris Jericho. Uh, I had a Chris Jericho poster on my wall uh, right next to a very large photo uh, from the 2000 Royal Rumble, uh, Mick Foley with tax in his head. Before I, I had that Mick Foley poster, though, it was New Year's Eve, uh, 1999. It was about to be the year 2000. I was hanging out with my uh, best friend at the time who would often watch wrestling with me because he thought it was funny, uh, but did not like wrestling. And, uh, you know, we're talking about, uh, you know, what do we want to watch on TV? For some reason, <laughs> was really wanting to watch uh, the, the WWF at the time. actually had a, a New Year's Eve special. Uh, of course, my friend was maybe not wanting to watch, uh, you know, wrestling. <laughs> between 11 and midnight because, uh, you know, inevitably I, I knew the ball drop would happen on New Year's Eve on this on this WWF program on New Year's Eve. And uh, I, I had a feeling that it would involve one Chris Jericho. And uh, what what happened? Uh, and that's you know, there was this kind of big countdown. Chris Jericho came out. Uh, I think he said a sentence probably, you know, used the word jackass. And that was it. Uh, and so that was my New Year's 2000. And in a lot of ways, uh, it makes sense. And so, yeah, it, it makes sense looking back on it. And uh, ends up being just a really kind of endearing memory for me of Chris Jericho. Um, so, Chris, let me tell you something. You may be the best wrestler of your generation that is still wrestling. Um so at this point, you may be wondering, you know, what are the words of wisdom for Chris Jericho? Chris Jericho, GFY. See you guys next week. Just kidding. Um, Chris Jericho, a wise man once said uh, that evolution is a mystery. Uh, and no one has evolved more than you. And you've brought some great moments to all of our lives, Chris. Uh, the matches, you know, I, um, you know, just the other day I watched that ladder match, Chris Jericho, Shawn Michaels, uh, which happened more or less in my backyard uh, here in Portland. And I will always regret not going. Uh, what, what ended up happening is that uh, my uh, my honeymoon was actually my wedding and honeymoon were actually, uh, you know, kind of planned. You know, already set in stone uh, when that pay-per-view uh, 
because you've been no mercy or unforgiven, uh, was announced, you know, here in Portland, which um, at the time, uh, you know, Portland, despite being a kind of sneaky, underrated wrestling city in terms of history, uh, Portland doesn't get too many big shows all around. So, uh, you know, Chris, if you are listening to this, maybe holler at your boy Tony, okay? Because I would obviously, we need some AW here in Portland. Uh, but Chris, I have one thing to say. Uh, you know, all of us, your fans for many years, we would love to see one last run from Chris Jericho. Now, uh, you may be saying to yourself, well, Blake, uh, you know, I'm already killing it. I have this new catchphrase, GFY, I have a new t-shirt, planning the cruise next year. And I understand. And But I will say that, you know, those of us out there who... Remember you as the Lionheart. You know, those of us out there that remember going on BitTorrent and downloading your old WCW matches, uh, you know, downloading your your, Jap- your Japanese matches, downloading your uh, Mexican matches, going through all those. Uh, you know, those of us that remember, you know, these, these little grainy .AVIs that we were watching of your wrestling matches, you know, those of us remember the Lionheart. And I know, I know that it's fun uh, you know, to, to crack some jokes. And, you know, I know that's been a big part of your character over the years. Something that's obviously, you know, cracked a smile on my face more, more times than not. Uh, but as I said right now, Chris, I would love to see one more run, uh, from you, a singles run. And, uh, uh, you're going to go out to the ring and, and show that you're, you're still one of the very best that has ever done it. Uh, and so those are my words for, uh, for, for one Chris Jericho is just, uh, we want to see you get back uh, to greatness. You know, we all love the cruise. We all love talking Jericho. But more than that, I would love to see one more five-star Chris Jericho match. So, Chris, please, uh, your words of wisdom today are one more. Thanks, folks. <laughs>